0: Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica
1: Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor.
0: And today, we are very excited to welcome a guest to the podcast, Michaela Quinn is a business owner, podcaster, wife, and mom who runs the Live Free Academy, where she equips mothers to take control of their professional lives without having to sacrifice their personal lives by learning the art of freelancing. Michaela, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, thank you
0: so much for having me. Before we get started on the episode, we wanted to take a moment to thank each and every person who's tuned in today, wherever you might find yourself. And we will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments. But first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose?
1: I think I'd probably say that my thorn would be the recovery from our recent trip, um not not because of the trip, but you know, getting back from the trip. <laughs> so we went we went to Michigan uh, with my family. We had a great time, uh, but both my husband and I felt really tired after getting back. I don't know if it was like the residual fatigue from all the kayaking or <laughs> whatever, but um, it just I feel like it took a few days to get fit to feeling back to normal. Um, but then highlighting them, my rose was, was our trip, um, got to go back to the Midwest, back to Illinois, and then up to Michigan to see friends and family and spend some time along, um, you know, the beach and in Lake Michigan. So we had beautiful weather. It was just a wonderful time. I said, you know, we kayaked and then got to walk and run along the beach, swim in the lake. And it just was a great to have a change of pace and a change of scenery.
0: Oh, that sounds absolutely lovely. Michaela, what about your thorn and your rose
2: this week? Oh, um, I would say my thorn has been, I guess, I don't know, just summer's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kids are home. There's lots of, lots of noise and still lots of things to do. And so sometimes that can be hard to balance both and try to do both, um, and make sure my kids are enjoying their summer and then it's, it's fine so fast. Like they -hmm. go back in a month from today. And so just trying to balance the, um, all the things that need to get done and happen, but still while trying to enjoy the, the short precious time we do have in the summer has been a big thorn this last week. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess a rose has been, um, with that, we decided to have a really slow summer. Um, our school year is very, very jam packed from like school starts at seven 45. My daughter gets home at three 15 and then she's in a lot of activities. And so I just really wanted a slow, quiet summer. And with that, we've not done camps or not had stuff to go, go, go. And so she's relied a lot on TV, uh, <laughs> To entertain her. And I, I noticed that. And so I challenged her to not watch any TV. And this is day five of her no TV challenge. And it has been great to watch her imagination, her creativity kind of soar and see her work through those those boredom moments. Because I, I challenged her and told her every day she does it, I'm going to give her $5. And if she does it for a full seven days, I'm going to double her money. Um, wow. I, she was watching too much and <laughs> It's not like, I'm not like an anti-TV or whatnot, but um, just challenged her. And it's been great to see her work through that and fill her time with other things. That's
0: an amazing challenge. I think I'm going to tuck that away and keep it <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> I'll definitely I, need that. <laughs> yeah. Well, as for my thorn, um, it's actually from just a little bit ago, but we were on a summer break. And so I couldn't tell my listeners, but I, I just can't help but recount it. So a couple of weeks ago, my husband and I were traveling to the UK and we had been hearing about every flight, basically, either being delayed or canceled. And we were just hoping that we didn't get too delayed very you know, badly at all. Well, not only were we very, very delayed, But we ended up cutting it very close to our connecting flight in um, Toronto. But we ended up making it in time only to be told at the gate as we were boarding that they had sold our seats. And so even though we were there in time (laughs) and everything, we had like run to the gate. And so it was so disappointing. And um, they couldn't get us on another flight until a full 24 hours later. Um, Feels very unfair. Yeah. Yeah. So we had quite the delay in Toronto, but next, uh, thankfully our next flight did end up taking off, um, not without another few delays, but we ended up getting there. So I'm sure that anyone that's um, traveled this summer has their own airport horror story, but that was ours and it was pretty thorny. But as for my rose this week, we are finally back home in LA and it's just been really good to slowly settle back in um, after weeks of travel And I just felt so much comfort coming back and sleeping in my own bed, sitting on my own couch, using my own kitchen. So that has been a lovely rose for me. All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast, get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. And we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com we'd love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of continuing to follow your passions after you have entered motherhood. Dear Wallflower, I would love some advice on entrepreneurship and work. I never really knew what I wanted to do as a career, even in my undergraduate years. I majored in English and was convinced that it was the only major for me, but I didn't know what to do with it once I graduated. I went to a private school, so I graduated with a lot of student debt and went to work with whatever job I could find right away. I ended up working as a secretary in a financial aid office for a number of years and was never happy with that position. When I got married, I got pregnant right away and have not worked outside the home since then, around 10 years ago. I got a master's degree in English literature during that time, but no formal work. Now my youngest child is in the school system, and I've had half days at home alone during the school year. I've been using those warnings to grow in my writing and storytelling skills. I'm working on a book, and I'm always reading and learning something new. But I feel stuck when it comes to figuring out two things. One, how do I re enter the workforce at a part time level after being away for 10 plus years? And two, I've considered starting a freelance business for writing or editing, but I have no idea how to start something like that. And I don't know how to narrow down my interests as they are varied. Do I simply make a website and go from there? Thanks, Workless Wanda. All right. So Michaela, what are your thoughts right off the bat for our workless Wanda?
2: Workless Wanda? Is that is that what she signed it? <laughs> yes. Workless Wanda. Oh my gosh. First of all, I got pregnant um, right after we got married too. So my daughter was born nine months and four days after our wedding, super fast. And I wanted so bad to stay at home with her, but that was not an option. And so I actually got started freelancing right away, more out of uh, a necessity to find a way to replace my income and work from home. So when it comes to joining the ref- the joining back the workforce in a part-time level, or possibly you know getting started freelance writing, my immediate thoughts are go to the freelance writing. You have it sounds like so many strengths. Um so much experience and education in your in your background even though maybe you haven't been paid for it yet, but you already have such a strong skill set. I would absolutely leverage that and I mean biased here, but pursue freelancing.
0: Incredible. So I'm curious because our writer says that she took a break after having children. Mm-hmm. And I hear from a lot of young moms that simply being a mom can feel like a full-time job itself. So how have you been able to balance being a mom and running, running a successful business?
2: Um, So I work very part-time hours. Like I'm not trying to work full-time when I'm at home with my kids. And I've had different seasons in my business when I first started and was just, Um, doing freelance. I started doing virtual assistant type work, some social media management type work, and I would work when the kids were sleeping. Um, So I called it the naptime hustle when they were sleeping. I was was working and I worked anywhere from four hours a day was kind of my my happy place. Sometimes I worked a little bit more than that, um, but I realized that was a bit more overwhelming um, to do when not having child care help, but I would wake up and work 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., get two hours in before kiddos woke up. And then again, during nap time, roughly one to three. Um, as my business has grown and we've added more kids to our family, I now have four kids here at home with me. I've, and and my business has changed. Um, I have a part-time nanny. I got, like doing the nap time hustle was really great in the beginning. We couldn't afford any child care. But as, as my business has grown, um, doing that kind of, okay, here's a chunk of work time. And then mom mode, it just, it got too much. And so we started with having a babysitter come two days a week and she would spend four hours with my kids two days a week. And then I could focus on work there. And that was another season. And now with, with all four kids here, we have a part-time nanny Monday through Thursday, um, eight, eight to two, and she's here to help. So I can really focus and dive into my work, um, in the early mornings. And then, um, when she leaves and I, I can walk out of the office and then just pour into my family, pour into my kiddos. And then I have Fridays off. So I still have that, like, um, I call it my stay at home mom days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what I hear is as you're family grows and changes, your business kind of has to grow and change as well. And it has to follow your family a little bit. Yeah. Incredible. Um, And so this is a question that I think a lot of people considering freelance work wonder about. Is freelance best for certain personality types or is it best for you know, maybe influencers that can really market themselves to their already large audience? Or do you think that freelance work is for anyone to try?
2: I think it's for anyone to try, but you do have to have some level of internal motivation and internal drive because stuff isn't going to fall into your lap. Um, And no, you do not need to be an influencer and have a huge social media audience to land clients. And in fact, I think that potentially could deter some clients. Like if I'm hiring a virtual assistant, I want someone who's more so focused on a behind the scenes, like in a behind the scenes role and they're not trying to, um, you know, be the next huge TikTok influencer because if they are, that's awesome for them. Like, I love that for you. (laughs) But that tells me you're not really here wanting to grow and work together and partner in a Mm long-term capacity. Um, So I, I think it depends on... The there's different nuances to each each freelance service that you could offer. But for the most part, as long as you have internal drive, because there's no one forcing you to show up and market and network telling clients, you don't have to market on social social media telling clients. You can find find um, freelance clients in a variety of other ways, but no one's going to be like holding you to it except yourself. And if you can't mm-hmm. show up and make that commitment to yourself, that's gonna be really hard to see any progress. Um, and so as as long as you have that internal drive and kind of follow through, Mm
0: -hmm. I think
2: anyone outside of that can do it.
0: And how have you found that you were able to have that get up and do it? Like even on really hard days when maybe, (laughs) you know, all of the kids are crying or something's broken And there's just so much else that you have to attend to as well as your business. How have you found that you can continue to
2: have that get up and go? I mean, I think it comes back to knowing why you're doing this, why it's important for you. In the very beginning stages of my business, I was getting started while I was still teaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, I taught high school English for four years and had a new baby And there were a lot of hard days. There are a lot of days where I was waking up 5 a.m. and staying up till 11 a.m. to build my business. But I had the end goal in mind. For me, that was, I'm doing this so that I can replace my income so I can quit teaching and I can be at home with my kids. Like, I kept my focus on that. And Mm -hmm. so on the hard days when I literally would ask myself, like, why am I doing this? This is so hard, I'm so tired. I had, I could turn my focus to the end goal. Like, this is what you're working towards and that mm-hmm. helped, helped me push through. Um, so having, days. having your why mm-hmm. is I what know it's so cliche, with. but yeah, it really does help you push through on the days when you want to quit.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Jessica, do you have any thoughts or, or questions to add in here?
1: Yeah, I guess I could, um, do a little bit of variety. Maybe I'll Put a few thoughts in, and then maybe maybe ask a question or two of, of Michaela as well. So I uh, to her first question in terms of how to re-enter the workforce, like if she's thinking, do I get a position that's already out there that exists? and then you know, try to find out how to get into that while having this big gap in my resume, so to speak? Versus freelancing, I think, you know, she's asking two different questions here. Um, I think that there are creative ways to address that gap. I don't have, um, I feel like the experience, you know, firsthand of being away. And then here's how I found a job after, you know, that, that kind of a gap. But there are resources out there for different forms of resumes that you can write up. So, you know, we think of like the typical, just chronological sort and, that, that is something that you can still do. And there are ways to address that gap. But then there are also different forms of resumes where you can highlight more your experiences and your skills as opposed to a chronological way. So I just encourage our writer to, to look out there for, um, resources if that's the path she wants to take is applying for kind of more, a more traditional role. And, you know, in that regard as well, I, I'd say continue to keep in mind who you know, your relational connections, because mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I think it's always been the case, but even more so now where you just have <laughs> these AI software systems that are just sorting people out in terms of who's going to get an interview. It can be very frustrating when you don't know anybody to help you get a foot in the door. So if you have people in in your friend group or in your church or wh- whatever community you're part of that can um, help Again, like get get your foot in the door, get you an interview somewhere that is great to to leverage those those relationships. And I think keep in mind too the things that you have to offer that maybe other people don't. So you have a master's mm-hmm. degree. That's not something that everybody has. And that could be a great way to um, even if you have a gap in experience, there are a lot of positions where people might say master's degree preferred, and that would put you on their preferential list. Um mm-hmm. And, and your um, interest in writing and in storytelling, I think the idea of whether this is freelance or a kind of a typical a role that's already being posted, something like marketing, if someone's open to working with you, even if you don't have a background in quote marketing, marketing is good storytelling. You know, so being mm-hmm. thoughtful about what are those transferable skills that come from writing, editing, storytelling, being able to see... Um, the bigger picture as maybe as well as the details, that's something that you can definitely bring to the table. So thinking creatively about not just what a job description says, but how your experience and your skills might transfer uh, Mm -hmm. into that. And then as far as the freelancing goes, um, I think her question about whether or not to just start a website and get going, I think I, I want to guard against this this notion that, oh, if I if I build it, they will come mm-hmm. um, because people won't just stumble across your website. I mean, here and there, maybe it's been around long enough, but um, I would recommend getting experience first. So again, back to the people that you know, ask around and see if there are people who maybe you have a friend who's building a business and they want some help with the copy on their website or they whether they just want you to look it over and see if there are any typos or maybe you're going to help craft that and help them tell the story of their business. Um, Getting some experience under your feet And also getting some testimonials built up with those that you're working with. It's it's really gold to to save little snippets of of feedback that people have given you. And you can ask people directly, hey, you know, now that I've worked with you, would you mind giving me a testimonial? And once you decide to build a a website and have kind of a place for people to go, then um, those testimonials will be able to speak well of what you can offer to people. So in general, I feel like... um, Workless Wanda is talking about um, this kind of mixture of writing and editing and storytelling. And I think in general those things go together well. But I'm curious um, for either Kelia or Michaela if you had thought about her question regarding like this, um, the various interests that she says she has. I and mean, we we don't we don't know the span of what that covers. But she said, you know, how do I narrow down? And so I'm wondering. Um, Michaela specifically, maybe for you just about this idea of niching down, Mm -hmm. um, how important do you think
2: that is for her in terms of getting started? Yeah. So I think you, you can definitely get started and still be very general. And I think a lot of people will waste a lot of time in the beginning, trying to niche down and get it, get it perfect. And like, I need to really figure out who I want to work with, what service I'm going to offer. Uh, because I'm going to be married to this service and this client forever. Your business is going to change so many times. And the only way to really know what you truly want to offer, what you're best at offering and who you want to work with is to get some experience and start. Um, So you you can get started with an idea of... Maybe what service you want to what service you want to offer. It sounds like there's copywriting, um, content writing. Maybe is something Workless Wanda is interested in. You mentioned the marketing. Um, she she could pick one of those services and pick um, a type of client. And I would say the best thing once you narrow down on those two to start. Again, it's not for life. Start reaching out and putting yourself in a position to have conversations with those with those business owners, with those types of potential clients. You don't need the website. Um, and yeah. what you think you might love doing or who you think you might love working with, it's gonna change. And there's no way to figure that out except to go through it and get that exper- experiential learning.
0: Hmm. So yeah. you don't think a website is necessary to begin with?
2: No. In fact, I so I work with a lot of students. I have a program, the Live Free Academy. I don't teach having a website at all. I don't think that makes sense until you're at the stage where you're established and you're you're at that stage where you have a really strong idea of, okay, this is who I work with best and this is what my offer looks like. Mm. Um, in the beginning stage, it's you're in a very much a testing period. And if you're going to spend all this time building a website, if that's not your natural skill set, like I'm not super techie, web-driven, I'm going to waste a lot of time building that website. And then... Mm. Um, I also see a lot of people get hung up on the website or all of these like building pieces and building it. Like you said, Jessica, if you build it, they will not come. You Mm -hmm. have to physically go out there. And so I'd rather you focus on the harder thing, which is putting yourself out there than what's safe is sitting inside your, in your house, like learning how to build a website, reading about building a website, perfecting that website. Mm -hmm. I'd rather you just rip the bandaid and start. Um, and and I think too, like
1: that leads to the necessity of, and hopefully the gift of, uh, word of mouth kinds Mm -hmm. of referrals. Right. And that's the kind of stuff that we really want is Mm -hmm. people who think well of us and the work that we do. And then, oh, I know someone who might be able to use your services. And then, you know, like you're saying, you're trying a very, a variety of different things. You might be working with various different kinds of companies on different kinds of content and realize, you know, I don't really like that kind. It's more, maybe it's too technical for me, or maybe you Mm -hmm. like the technical, but I I see the storytelling. I feel like there might be a little bit more of a creative bent Mm -hmm. in, in our, um, in our writer here, but this idea of maybe the website comes once you realize here's my niche that I want to work with. And now that I feel like I've get gotten a lot of requests and I want to, I don't know, like narrow narrow in on a top on a topic mm-hmm. or, or a focus and and maybe then give a landing place for people who
2: mm-hmm.
1: find you in other means. Yeah. Um, then they can go there and see, is this the right person for me? Should I contact them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's not going to be your entryway into finding new clients right away. That might be like yeah like a, a step once your business feels more established.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So here's another question. Seeing as how a website is something that can come just a little bit later, how important do you think social media is? Because that's something that's really come up in the last mm-hmm. 10 years since our writer has been involved in the you know professional arena. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on social media when you're trying to get a, a freelance business started?
2: I think if you're in the stage of like, I want experience, I want my first client. I think it's going to be hot because again, you're going to be in that, I mean, I'm not quite sure what I want to do, what I'm offering yet, or who I want to work with. You're still in that experiential phase. You're not going to necessarily have the clarity on what to show up and talk about on social media. And so that could just be another thing that distracts and takes away time from the types of activities that are going to matter the most. So if you're in the stage of like, I just want some experience, I just want my first couple clients... Things that I would recommend you focusing on would be, if you have an idea of who you want to work with, figure out where are they hanging out? Are they hanging out in Facebook groups? There's a Facebook group for just about every single type of entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, So are they hanging out in Facebook groups? You can join those Facebook groups and join the conversation. Are they hanging out at local networking events in your community? You can start to attend those networking events and just and and meet people and connect with people that way. You can like um Jessica you mentioned reaching out to your personal network. You can make a list of all the people in your network that you know of who are either have a business or are the well connected people in your network and reach out to them with something as simple as hey And Becky, I'm in the process of starting a business as a freelance copywriter. You wouldn't happen to know of anyone who needs any copywriting or content writing for their business, would you? Mm. And if you did that, if you reached out to about 50 people, I would be very shocked if you had no leads at the end of that, at the end Mm. of that process. But that Things like that, putting yourself out there and letting people know that you're offering this service is going to be way more powerful than um, starting a social media channel from scratch, building a website. You need to find, find those business owners that potentially are hiring, maybe even make a list of like dream clients. I would love to work with these types of businesses and reach out to them directly. And that email, you know, you can introduce yourself, explain you've been a follower, you've been a user of their business for however long, um, make it genuine, personal. And then just ask the question of, do you already have a copywriter or content writer on your team? Or are you potentially um, looking to add on a copywriter in the coming months? If so, Mm -hmm. I would love, you know, I would love to chat. I would love to be considered. And it's just that simple question. You're not necessarily saying, Hey, hire me in that direct outreach. It's asking, Do you already have someone doing this for you? Mm -hmm. And that's That's, a way less, I mean, if someone sends me that email, like, Hey, do you have a podcast? I already have a podcast manager. I love your podcast, blah, blah, blah. I'd love to help you. Um, It's much easier for me to reply back, like, Yes or No, than, like even talking about like, hey, hire me. That's that's weird, right? You wouldn't
1: <laughs> and even if someone has to say no
2: to you, they might know someone who needs somebody. Right. And yeah, so you right? can reply true. back. You can reply back to that. If they're like, hey, thanks, we're all set here. You can reply back. Awesome. Thank you so much. If anything changes, I'd love to be considered in the future. And in the off chance, you happen to run across anyone looking or needing a copywriter. Um, Here's my portfolio. So instead of having a website, you can have a digital portfolio that you make in Canva. It's way easier and simpler to put together a one-page portfolio than a full website. Hmm. And you can just send that and maybe, I don't know, follow back up in a month or three months. But if you're continuing continuously focusing on reaching out and having those conversations with potential clients or business owners, um, in three months, I you probably won't need to reach back out because you'll you'll find you'll you'll get booked out um, hmm. by then.
0: That's a, a really great point. I think it I think our writer would be surprised by how many people probably would reply to her if she just reached out and emailed them. Um and so what I hear you saying now is because I think everybody thinks that social media is kind of the end all be all. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is. That helps, but to begin with, it can be a little bit like screaming into the void and just like hoping someone hears you versus going out there and actually making connections with a human being by reaching out to them, showing up where they go, emailing them, talking to them, making a real relationship. Like that's, it seems like that is where a freelance business really kind of takes root.
2: Yes, and because if you think about it, one freelancer probably only has the capacity to have depending I mean, if you're working part- time, you probably have the capacity for three clients at a time if we're being realistic mm-hmm. to find those three clients and um, another thing to kind of consider in that I, I should have mentioned when talking about, okay, is social media a priority or not? is the types of services that you're offering. So if you are offering freelance services on a retainer model, meaning it's recurring, the client hires you and they need those same services month to month to month, um, you only have to do that initial kind of networking and marketing of your business once Mm -hmm. for the most part. Now things can happen. Um, but if you, if all you need is three clients and then your income goals are set and you just want to maintain and, and live in that spot and, and that's like your happy place, then being on social media is just going to be a waste of time. Cause if your business is built, you're booked out on clients, you don't need to be marketing and showing up and creating reels and being on stories. That's just gonna be mm-hmm. for you and maybe more of a vanity thing, and that's fine mm-hmm. if that's if you want to pursue growing a social media account. But it is not, by no means, needed um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: to get started. And I hear from a lot of people. They're like, "I want to start a business, but I don't want to be on social media. Like the thought <laughs> of making a reel makes me cringe." And I was that way when I got started. I never thought I would have a social media. Channel. I never thought I would show my face and get up and, and market my business. But when I started helping other moms get started, I kind of had to (laughs) get over that fear and, um, you know, things can change. So it's kind of realizing what season you're in. Are you looking to grow a massive, powerful, huge agency to where you need a huge volume of clients? Then social media is probably going to be a part of your strategy. Um, but if you just need a couple of clients to meet your income goals and get started, You can, you can add it later if, and when your goals change. Mm
1: -hmm. I feel like, um, I feel like LinkedIn is a bit of a a separate, it's, it's, it's not like Facebook. It's not like Instagram. It's not like TikTok. How do you feel about, um, LinkedIn in in this conversation of not really recommending social media or website Mm -hmm. to get started, but might LinkedIn have
2: a, have a place there? So I think it depends on who you want to work with. If your client is going to be a more, like you got to think of okay, the business owner that you want to work with. Who is that? Um, If you want to work with influencers, they're probably not going to be on LinkedIn. If you want to look, or if you want to work with, um what's another, like local therapist. Are they on LinkedIn? I don't know. Um, Do you want to support online course creators? Are they on LinkedIn? Maybe. I know a lot of like coaches are, on LinkedIn in some capacity. Um, So if your ideal client is on there, what you can do instead of feeling like you need to promote and like start a channel and and start a platform and and grow on that platform is you can use that platform to do some research on different business owners, potential clients you'd like to work with and um, use that to kind of put together a, a list of who you could reach out to actually before we hopped on i had a message from a student and that's what she did she has started landing her clients um she's actually more established but she's switched into like a cfo type role mm. and she is working with a, a different type of client that's not on instagram and facebook groups and she went on linkedin did some research and started reaching out and just having that simple conversation with these business owners in linkedin and she just told me she had um let me pull up her message Where'd she go? What'd she say? I didn't want to post this in the group and Brad, but I just wanted you to know that since snitching down to an ideal client, I have taken on three new clients this week, like $65 an hour. And I have one more call scheduled and I'm going to have to turn her down because that's a lot of clients to take on in one month. So I asked her, I was like, oh, were these all on LinkedIn? And she just said, yeah, she went through and started like looking at people's profiles and reaching out Mm -hmm. to them directly.
1: Yeah, Amazing. that's what sort a of great feature is that they have that direct message option and you can, you know, look to connect with people. And then even it's it's almost like a website light in the sense like you get to put a bit of a tagline on there for uh-huh. yourself. You can link to, a like a, like you said, a digital portfolio. Uh-huh. So it's, it's a way to have a very minimal presence so that the people uh-huh. who you're reaching out to can see a little yeah. bit about you um, without all the
2: work that goes into creating a website and yeah. maintaining that. And so to your point of, so I was asking her like, oh, were these all from just direct outreach? And she said, yes, except one person said they didn't need my services, but posted about me in one of the CFO groups they're in. Awesome. And wow. That's how she blew up with all these discovery calls and has to now turn people away. Wow.
0: Cool. She doesn't have a website.
2: She doesn't have a social media channel, except of posting cute pics of her kids to keep up with friends and family. <laughs> um, it's literally those conversations putting yourself out there, letting people know that you're offering the service and if they need help, you can help them. That is the most powerful thing you can do. Um, and, and trying to get started and and find some work.
0: Amazing. Do either of you have any thoughts before we go ahead and kind of start to wrap this up?
1: I just wish our, I wish our Workless Wanda, um, Well, I, I, I pray that she would not be workless much longer. It sounds like she's excited to get um, some work back in her life and she has the time to do so. And it sounds like after our conversation, at least I'm feeling hopeful for her (laughs) that she can just get started a little bit at a time and maybe she'll be
2: surprised by who says yes. Yeah. Reach back out and let us know what, what you decide to do. And Um, If you do, do decide to pursue the freelance route, I'll be curious if like what, you know, what ends up working for you and how you find your clients.
0: Yes. Yes. I hope our workless Wanda, as Jessica said, is not workless for much longer and feels encouraged by today's podcast and anyone listening who is also thinking of starting their own freelance business that they might be encouraged as well. All right. So it is time for the maybe suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Michaela, what
2: is your suggestion this week? What is my suggestion? Well, I just got a facial. And so my suggestion is go get a facial. (laughs) (laughs) I came straight from uh, the aesthetic care center and did a podcast interview and then hopped on with you guys. So if you haven't had a facial lately, you can't link it, but Mm. find, find a esthetician near you and go do a facial. That sounds amazing.
0: I was thinking that you, you were glowing. Your skin (laughs) looks very nice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I have the like touch up feature on zoom as well, but yes, just just had a a full, full facial. So that helps.
0: amazing. That sounds like so much fun. Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? I'd like to recommend a recipe that I recently
1: developed. I like to call uh, this recipe zero waste muffins. So I actually just baked some this morning and I had one for a tea time snack and I just really been loving them lately. Basically, these are muffins that stemmed from my realization of how much of my trash is made up of food waste. So whenever, um, particularly whenever I purchase a bunch of ripe bananas and then go to slice them up and like freeze them in chunks, I just left this big pile of banana peels. It feels like that's just half of the fruit. So I set off on a journey about how I could end up using and baking with my banana peels. And so these muffins are a terrific way to consume and even kind of disguise this thing that's edible that we just end up throwing away and ends up in the landfill. And I feel like not only is it keeping it out of our trash, but you paid for it. So be like, you know, it's great to use what you pay for. So don't be afraid of the idea of eating a banana peel. It's not that weird. <laughs> it, gets bl- <laughs> it gets blended up anyway, just like you would if you're making banana bread. So yeah. That's my my new um, snack time fancy.
0: Incredible. I, I love that you are all about the zero waste, Jessica. That's so inspiring. <laughs> well, this week I am suggesting that all of our coffee drinkers listening today swap out their regular cow's milk for oat milk. So I am usually the first one to admit that an alternative milk is just not cutting it. But oat milk is by far the best alternative milk I have ever tried. It's creamy, it's smooth. I don't miss the regular cow's milk. I even kind of prefer it in my latte. So if you've been thinking about trying different milk in your morning latte, may I suggest trying a spot of oat milk? And I will link a um, specific brand that I really enjoy in the episode notes. All right. To wrap up this episode before we go, Michaela, how can listeners
2: get in contact with you and check out what you are up to? Yeah. So, um, my website will have everything. It's just my name, Michaela Quinn.com M I C A L A Q U I N N or Instagram is probably where I hang out the most. Um, don't be shy. Come say hi. It's at Michaela. on Instagram. And, um, if you have any questions are curious and getting started freelancing, I have a ton of resources as well.
0: Amazing. So, and Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my
1: food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder, and my new sub stack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com.
0: And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.